Welcome to Reflections from the Heart, presented by Stewardship, a Mission of Faith. Reflections from the Heart is an outreach of Gospel Reflection, a family ministry of Stewardship, a Mission of Faith. For the next 30 minutes, please join us as we break open the bread of life in the Gospel reading for this Sunday's Mass, as we invite the same Holy Spirit who inspired the biblical writers to inspire us today. And now, here is your host with Reflections from the Heart. Welcome everyone to another session of Reflections from the Heart. My name is David Abel. Today I'm joined by Rob Longo, Tom DeAngelis. Welcome one and all. Good Thanks, to be here, buddy. Awesome, awesome. Everybody would take a moment and grab their Bibles. We're going to turn to the Gospel of Luke, chapter 17, verses 11 through 19. But Rob, before we break open the bread of life to see how the Lord wants to speak to us today, mind inviting the Holy Spirit in so that we can truly have those eyes to see, those ears to hear, and that heart to respond to what the Lord's going to teach us today. Absolutely. Let's pray. In the name of the Father, Father, Son, Son, Holy Holy Spirit, Spirit, amen. Amen. Uh, Lord, thank you. Thank you for this moment. Thank you for loving us, for choosing us, for delighting in us. Thank you for the gift of our life, the gift of the moments. Lord, help us to to choose you in the moments of our lives, especially this one right now. This is it, Lord. This is the moment. So help us to choose you now. Uh, thank you for the gift of, of your word. Thank you for the gospel that we will read. Thank you for the, uh, the words that you're going to speak to us through that gospel, the words you're going to speak to us through our sharing. I ask you, Lord, please hold each and every one of us here in the studio and everyone listening and all of our family members, all those we love, hold us all in the palm of your hands. Draw us closer to you at this moment. Help us to surrender everything to you, Lord. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Father, Father, Son, Son, Holy Spirit. Spirit. Amen. 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 Tom, do you mind giving us a little gospel love today? Be happy to. Again, it's uh, from Luke's Gospel, chapter 17, verses 11 to 19. As Jesus continued his journey to Jerusalem, he traveled through Samaria and Galilee. He was entering a village. Ten lepers met him. They stood at a distance from him and raised their voices, saying, Jesus, Master, have pity on us. And when he saw them, he said, Go show yourselves to the priests. As they were going, they were cleansed. And one of them, realizing that he had been healed, returned glorifying God in a loud voice. And he fell at the feet of Jesus and thanked him. He was a Samaritan. Jesus said in reply, Ten were cleansed, were they not? Where are the other nine? Has none but this foreigner returned to give thanks to God? Then he said to him, Stand up and go. Your faith has saved you. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise Praise to you, Lord Jesus Jesus Christ. Christ. You know, this really struck me in my heart. Jesus, Master, have pity on us. How many of us so many times were in those moments of spiritual leprosy, when we're in our toughest moments in our life, we remember the Lord, we cry out to the Lord, and the Lord does a miracle in our lives. But how many of us, are we one of the nine? Are we the one that truly recognizes and goes back to God, drops down, gives praise and worship to God, and thanks him with all of our hearts? Or are we one of the nine that take God for granted? Because we're Christians. We got, we're good to go, right? Because it's interesting. This man was a foreigner. This man was a Samaritan. You see, in the scriptures, it says he traveled through Samaria and Galilee. That represents believers and non-believers. 
Um, the Samaritans were not Jews. They were not believers at the time. And the Galileans, they would have been believers. They'd have been Jewish and they'd have been, some would have been, you know, had already received Christ as a Christian. So for me, how many times does God perform a miracle in my life daily? And I just take it for granted. And I just keep on going down my way. And don't go back and say, thank you, Lord. See, I think that's one of the big mistakes in Christianity when we take God for granted. We take the blessings he gives us, the gift of our health every day, the gift of to be able to just take a walk, to be able to use our eyes to see. Do we truly live like children with hearts of gratitude, our full dependence on the Father, and give thanks and praise to God? Or are we like one of the nine? And that's a question you got to ask the Holy Spirit to shine the light in your heart and in your soul to reveal how many times you've been like the nine and not been like the one. Gratitude is, is a celebration, right? So if we, if we uh, follow in the footsteps of, of this Samaritan who was healed and, and so grateful for it, he was celebrating, right? He was celebrating the miracle. And uh, you know, when, we're, when we don't take that opportunity to celebrate the miracle— but just to look for the, the stuff that's not been given to us or that we don't have, I mean, that's, uh, you know, that's, that's not a celebration at all, right? So if we want to live a life of celebration, because usually we, you know, we're smiling, we're happy when we're celebrating, you know, if, you're, if you're feeling down, shift, shift gears, right? Just start thanking God for the big and the small because then you're celebrating. You're celebrating the good. You're celebrating what's in front of you. You're celebrating the many gifts that God has given you, uh, and and it's uh, it's it's gratitude leads to to contentment, to joy, uh, to peace, and it just it's a beautiful beautiful example here. Thank you, Lord. And Scripture tells us that before us at every moment of our life is a choice: life or death, positive or negative. What lenses do we wear through everything we go through? Are they the lens of positive? counting the blessings, or has the enemy got us on the hook? They're all we're focused on is, woe is me, poor, poor me. I lost 11, 11 things that I should have had. But the Lord replaced it with 20 others. Do you realize that? Well, no, I never realized that. So for me, this whole thing of choose life, not death. Choose positive, not negative, because negativity leads to spiritual death. Negativity is a, a trap of the enemy meant to rob and steal our joy. But when we live a life with the joy of the Lord and being led by the Holy Spirit, no matter what we go through, we focus on the blessings, on the positive, which means we choose life. And that daily choice is up to us. So that's what I got as you were just sharing, Rob, that I think is, is absolutely huge. You know, I, I don't remember if it was St. Augustine or Thomas Aquinas, but they... When they talk about gratitude, they don't they don't talk about it as just another virtue, another nice thing to do. You know, we should be we should be uh, ch- charitable to people. We should be loving and kind. And oh, by the way, be be grateful too to God for. They talk about it as a fundamental response. Like it's it's what we should be in response to God. Just like we should be humble because our heavenly Father is humble. He humbled himself and sent his son. His son humbled himself and died for us. So humility is like a fundamental virtue of God that we should emulate, which is why God hates the proud so much. You know, he's, he, that's one of the 
you know, the, the cardinal, cardinal sin, the capital sin. But gratitude should be our response to that humility, to that God gifting of himself and that giving away of himself, that total selfless love. What else could we do in response but be grateful? And, you know, to your point, David, to forget it is to actually lose the Holy Spirit in our mm-hmm. life. The Holy Spirit illuminates that. But it's not just a nice to have. It's not just a virtue we should put on once in a while, like we put on generosity once in a while, or we put on mm-hmm. kindness or whatever. It should be like the foundation of our life. And that's one of the things, you know, that I've over the last few years, I've I prayed for that grace from the Holy Spirit to just have that that attitude come into my life and to be grateful for the people that are around me, for the gifts that I've been given, and even for the difficulties that he's put in front of me. And there have been a fair number of those. You know, we all have them. But I think those are the, you know, that response. Any, anything that happens, and I've heard you say this a few times, David, you know, thank, thank you, Lord, for, you know, something, something comes along and it kind of whacks you up the side of the head and you thank God because something good will come out of it. And it always does. So that attitude of, of gratitude, if you will, is is really is supposed to be our fundamental response, it's who we should be in response to God, you know? Yeah. We've got to be careful not to just be people of lip service. Because we're Christian doesn't mean we're good to go. You know, these people, these other nine, they said, Jesus, Master, have pity on us. They recognized Jesus. They recognized him, and they called him out with their lips as Master. <coughs> have pity on us. But we can go through life and just use God throughout our life and really truly not know God. Because God is inviting us always into that deeper intimacy with him, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, through Jesus Christ who lives within us. So for me, man, I don't ever want it to be about lip service. Because again, we can experience physical healings. We can experience physical blessings. But it's only the one that had the heart of gratitude that received the Savior gave him. Your faith has Mm. saved you that's eternal life. See, we got to be careful. We have to have that heart of gratitude. Jesus says, unless you become like one of these little ones, you can't enter the kingdom of heaven. If we don't have that childlike faith and dependence on the Father for the words we speak, the food we eat, you know, the divine appointments that are set up, if we don't have that dependence on the Father and acknowledge that through our actions, because faith without love is dead. We know that in, in, the, in the book of James. You know, acknowledge that in our actions you, to give thanks to God, to worship God, to put him first in our life, to involve him in all of our decisions. It's so important because, you know, at the end of the day, all those physical healings mean nothing if you lose your soul. What good is it for a man, another scripture verse, what good is it for a man to gain the whole world and lose his soul? Now, do you, do you guys think we can we can train? Is it, it's a virtue, right? I guess mm-hmm. gratitude is a virtue. Can we train ourselves in gratitude? If it doesn't come naturally, is that something that we should create a discipline around where we, you know, obviously with, with God first, thanking him, but even the people in our lives that we, you know, try to put some things in play to, to mm-hmm. express gratitude. I don't know, is it? Well, I think it doesn't, you find doesn't that, come naturally. Yeah, for I think some if people. you find that in the in the Psalms by David, who going through what he went through, he certainly became a fairly large sinner in his choices, but he cried out to the Lord, created me, O Lord, a new heart. Mm. You see, when you cry out to the Lord for that grace, 
to have the heart of gratitude to create in me that new heart. Renew my mind, O Lord, that I may have the, the mind of Christ. That new heart, it's, it's, it is a, a, a response of the heart to have the gratitude for the gifts that we're given, for the kindness that we're shown. So I really think it's a heart matter. Mm-hmm. And you know what? We can't do it without God. So that continual crying out to the Father, help me, O Lord, create in me a new heart. Help me, O Lord, grant me the grace to be grateful each day. Help me to see the moments to have a heart of gratitude. Help me, O Lord, because then it's not about you disciplining yourself. That's a mistake. That's that's your power, not God's will be done. You understand what I'm saying? But Mm -hmm. when you surrender that and say, help me, O Lord, help me to have a heart of gratitude, Help me to always thank you throughout my daily journey. Then it's the Lord doing the work interiorly in your heart, not your mind saying, I'll say thank you every time. I'll say thank you every time. I'll say thank you every time. I will be grateful. I will be grateful. <laughs> yeah. And I, and I think you touched on this before. I mean, this is a gift from the Holy Spirit. This is something that we're, you know, that, that we pray for because I, I think what you're talking about, Rob, isn't just, you know, isn't just that you know, I'll, I'll respond appropriately. You know, that's the virtue Mm -hmm. Uh, or at some level, that's kind of the shallow virtue. But what we want is, you know, we're talking about here, the Holy spirit comes in and gives us the attitude that we should have, which is to be grateful for God because, because why? Because everything that we have, that we are, and that we do, that we've been given is all a gift from God. Our, the breath, you know, our life, everything. You know, without if God stops paying attention to us or stops caring for us, we're gone. Phew, you know, that's it. So um, that and so, like like Aquinas said, what should we do? Our response instinctively should be, "Thank you." You know, I'm here. Mm-hmm. You put me here. I didn't put myself here. Thank you. Mm-hmm. You know, is and, it? And you'll yeah. be amazed as God keeps bringing these opportunities to us. They become holy habits. So, Rob, to mm-hmm. your point. As you start having that heart of gratitude, it's contagious. And then the Lord again in Scripture tells us, you know, when you're a good steward in the little things, I'll then trust you with the big things. So as we start in the little things saying thank you, having the heart of gratitude, we'll have the heart of gratitude for the big things, for the big ones, yeah. as opposed to when there's a big one, we'll say thank you, yeah. but all these little things we'll take for granted. <laughs> yeah, we just forget those. I, I do think there's one point that you just touched on, not the, not the habit of gratitude but the habit of asking for that yep the, the, you in other words we are we should cultivate a prayer life and at the center of our prayer life should be humility and gratitude you know and that that childlike relationship that you talked about with god that's what we should because if we if we cultivate the virtue directly then it becomes i did it <laughs> but if we pray for it yeah. if we pray for then it then god did it which is yeah. the truth you know that's the truth. We may develop some sense of gratitude on our own from, you know, cultivating our habits. As you know, back that that used to be the thing back in the the early '30s and '40s. It was self improvement kind of stuff. You know, like you you do this over and over again. You repeat it 50 times a day or 100 times a day, and eventually you'll become that thing that you you know. But I think this is more praying to God because what what this comes out of is a deepening relationship with God, and that really is our prayer life. So praying for gratitude, praying for humility, praying for those virtues, I think, is where is where we acknowledge the truth. That is, I can't do it myself, but 
but but I do need to continually ask for it because otherwise I'll never get it, you know. Right. I mean, at least that's been my experience. I pray all the time for humility and for gratitude, and I'm still working on it. You know? yeah. Well, I think that's key, Tom, like this morning at Mass. So I would add to humility and gratitude, surrender. Mm-hmm. Because without surrender, you can't have humility because it's about you. This morning I went to Mass, and I, I cried out of my heart. I said, Lord, I, I can't do this. I can't take one more meeting. I can't take one more tough love. I can't take one more thing being put on the pl- proverbial plate. Lord, I need your help. I need you to help me guide me, walk it out, give me the words, give me the wisdom. Let it be about you, not about me. And it's almost like there's this lifting of this burden because, you know, Jesus says, my, my yoke, take it on. It's easy. The burden's light. But when we fail to be commissioned with Jesus, we got it all hanging on us. Mm-hmm. So that's where we surrender to the Father, ask for his gifting, his grace, you know, his divine help. And it's amazing what will happen. But that surrender word is key. Yeah. And that's that's the gift that, that'll light him up, right? I mean, he, God has everything. Yeah. The only thing he doesn't have is our yes. Just like he didn't have Mary's yes. A teenage girl who was proposed to, not imposed upon, but proposed to that uh, God chose you. He chose you to be the mother of the Savior of the world. And then it said that heaven held its breath. Why? Because she had to give a response, yes or no. She could have said no, right? So she surrendered in that moment and in in all the moments of her life. And and, uh, that's a beautiful gift. When Jesus said, I thirst from the from the cross, you know, he's thirsting for us. He's thirsting for our response. He's thirsting for us to, to choose him, to want him, right? He's, his heart is human heart, right? Sometimes we have to, I, I have to spend more time meditating on that, that Jesus, fully God, had a, he's fully man, has a human heart. So he longs, like every other human heart, to be wanted, desired, delighted in, chosen so when we do that and that's our response to him that's uh that's beautiful so when you say that we're surrender and then just you know just need to spend some time meditating on on jesus and the on the cross saying i thirst rob i thirst for for you dave i thirst for you tom i thirst for you and he's just holding his breath waiting for our response that's beautiful robin and i love i love jesus's example you know, um, he shows us how to pray. You go to the the story in the Bible of, of the Garden of Gethsemane, and Jesus goes to the Father three times with the same prayer. If it possible, Father, take this chalice from me. Jesus, who is God, is saying, hey, look, Father, uh, in my humanity, I'm crying out to you, if it's possible... And would it have been good if it was taken away? Well, yeah, Jesus would have lived. But always surrender. That's the key to Jesus' prayer. Not my will be done, but your will be done. Although it would have been good if Jesus would have lived from a human perspective, the better, which is what God the Father knows, is that his son's choice to surrender to the will of the Father, to give his life for all humanity, was the better of the two. So for me, that constant example of Jesus' prayer, 
You can go to God. You can ask him to take this situation, in Jesus' case it was called a chalice, away from you. That's okay. But always surrender to God because he knows what the better is. And, and again, there's another scripture verse that I'd like to look at also is, we have not because we ask not. So knock, seek, and ask, and then persevere in it. Don't quit. The enemy's like, oh, don't do that. You already prayed for that. He didn't hear you. He's not going to answer it. No, 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 no. Jesus shows us he's played, prayed the same prayer three times, and God answered it with the better. Yeah. With the better. So for me, as I'm going to keep knocking, keep seeking, keep asking, because I don't want to hear him say, hey, Dave, you have not because you asked not. I don't want to hear that. I want to keep knocking, seeking, and asking in whatever situation it is for anyone brought into my life. And then surrender it, trust the Lord. He knows what's best. Mm. It's like that joke some of us may have heard, but, you know, get into heaven and Peter showing, St. Peter showing us around and say, what is that over there? Like, nah, you don't, you don't, I don't think you want to see that. No, no, what is that beautiful building? And, and it's, it's so, you know, it's drawing you to it. And now nah, you don't, you, you don't want to see in there. Well, come on, please. I really want to see in there. Okay. And you open the door and it's all the graces that God wanted to give you, but you never asked. Yeah. <laughs> right. So if Jesus, Dave, as you're saying, if Jesus is telling us to ask and seek and knock, and he's saying, I came so that, that you would have life and have it abundantly, yep. ask, seek, knock, not out of selfishness oh, mm-hmm. at all. Just ask for his grace, ask for abundance, ask for, for joy and peace and reconciliation, ask for healed relationships, ask, seek, knock constantly, constantly. And I, I just ran across a quote this morning and doing some Bible reading before I came into work, and it talks specifically. It's it's St. Paul's. You know, you you ask, but you do not receive because you don't ask correctly. Now his passage goes on to say that you ask. To your point, Rob, you ask with the motive of wanting it for yourself, for your own selfish pleasure, and that's why you don't receive. And then he goes through this litany of when you ask, you have to ask it this way. You have to ask for this this way. But the repetition is one thing. And I think the other thing that that just hit me while you were talking, David, is Jesus says, this is the Jesus who said, in God, all things are possible. Right. And he says, if it's possible, Father, take this cup away, but not my will, but your will be done. And there's two, that's the first thing that puzzles out is, so he recognized that it was possible for God to take this away, but not my will, but your will be done. So after the third time, when the band of soldiers and Judas are coming up the hill, he knows the answer. The answer is the reality that God put in front of him. And how many times we look at the reality that God puts in front of us after our prayer and we say, no, 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 you didn't hear me. You know, that wasn't what, at some point, the second part of that, your will be done. You have to, you have to embrace, you have to let go of my will be done and grasp your will be done and that's the that's the hard part of it that's the, that's embracing the suffering the humiliation the beating mm-hmm. the cro- the carrying the cross the crucifixion you know at some point we have to let go of that and say i guess this is what you want i mean yeah. I, I don't i don't guess i know because i already prayed for yep and that's the best yep and and again but it's not it's not great but it's the best well but it's in the embracing of the cross Right. And the crucifixions to our flesh that we go through and that suffering that we're more perfected 
in the image and likeness of Jesus Christ. It's through all of that right. that we're perfected in that pure love, which is a sacrificial, self-donating love. And we look at our boy, our impetuous boy, Peter, mm-hmm. who tried to fight his way out and whack yeah. off the ear. Yeah. Well, that's you and I. When we try and fight against the will of the Father, Jesus in that very moment says, no, Peter, that's not correct, and heals the man's ear. Because we do, we, 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 we surrender, but that's really not the answer we wanted, so we want to fight against it. <laughs> so again, that's yeah. another example, Tom, that's right there in Scripture. And mm-hmm. I, I love the first line of this. As Jesus continued his journey to Jerusalem, he traveled through Samarita, Samaria and Galilee, which represents believers and non, non-believers and believers. And, and what I, wanted to, I got from that was this. As we journey each day of our life, just like Jesus did here, be open for the divine appointments with this person at a grocery store, that person at a convenience store, your children, your wife, your friend, your coworker. God has divine appointments set up for us in advance. Be open to them. Call on the Holy Spirit to help guide you, to hear what you're to hear, to share what you're to share. Because you know what? These lepers, spiritually, they're brought into our life every day. How can we help them see if they're blind? The, the works of the Lord, how can we help them hear if they're deaf, like Jesus did, the voice of the Lord? You know, how can we cleanse them through their addictions, through whatever that leprosy, spiritual leprosy is? How can we be an instrument in God's hand to help set them free? I'm telling you, you will be amazed every day when you invite the Father along and Jesus is living in you, with you, and through you, the amount of divine appointments that happen on our journey. Don't stay focused on the end goal I'm going to Jerusalem, you know, I'm going to go to bed tonight, or I'm going to work. Stay focused on the opportunities that God's going to present to us every day. And just to maybe bring this to a little bit of a close, so realizing, stand up and go, show yourself to the priest. So in our lives, like you're saying, there's so many miracles that happen that we don't realize, right? That there's, so we need to realize, we need to stand up and go, and present ourselves and these miracles of God to everyone that that we encounter, because it's, it's just it gives God the glory. So God is gloriously uh, laying out miracle after miracle. So let's pray that we can realize, we can stand up and go, and we can present ourselves. And you know what? That's awesome, Rob. That's exactly where I was at. Jesus commissioned this man, whose faith saved him, to go forth and share the God stories, share these divine appointments with friends and neighbors. So that what? They can come to realize Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. God bless each and every one of you. Have a great day. Reflections from the Heart has been presented by Stewardship, a mission of faith. We hope that you've been blessed and encouraged as you listen to Reflections from the Heart. If so, please consider participating in a Gospel Reflection group For more information on locations and times of Gospel Reflection Groups or how to start a Gospel Reflection Group in your area and to learn about all of the family of ministries, please visit our website at stewardshipmission.org or call us at 717-367-0100. Stewardship, a mission of faith, is a 501c3 nonprofit organization and depends on donations from people like you to make Reflections from the Heart possible. 
If you've enjoyed this broadcast, please prayerfully consider partnering with us by making a tax-deductible donation by visiting stewardshipmission.org or call us at 717-367-0100. On behalf of all of us at Stewardship, a mission of faith, thank you for listening. And until next time, may God bless, protect, and guide you on your journey home to Him.